and welcome to Season 2, Episode 56 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We're so glad you're joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including valuable ebooks, online training, and small group coaching to independent writers and creative and solo professionals. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Hey, good to be here once again. Okay, our topic for this week is how a journalist, that's Keith, and an educator, that's me, <clears throat> navigate today's polarizing political and educational landscapes. And I'll let Keith start. Well, I think we're looking at specifically things that happened last week right, and all right, the events right. that happened because so much has happened last week. And I think from a journalist perspective, on the watching the events, all, so much that happened last week, it's, it's almost it's almost surreal. You know, I think it's like Watergate. It's a story that's almost too good to be true from the standpoint of a reporter looking for a career to find a news story. That's the thing that we always say about reporters. Bleeds, it leads. It bleeds, it bleeds, it leads. Right, exactly. And then, so when you have a story like this that has all the elements, so we have government, mm-hmm. even sex, if you want to get to Stormy Daniels, it has right. all the uh, major elements. It's a great, great news story. It's a right. career-defying news story. It's also an extreme tragedy. But it, And that's where you, you get... Kind of torn because right. this is a phenomenal story. It's a story once, not just a once in a lifetime. This has never happened before in history. Right. So it's an incredible right. story, and I think it's the it's the kind of story that could you couldn't possibly be true if it weren't for the facts. Right. And you know, before right. this happened, if you had told anybody this something like this could happen, even when Trump was was elected, he mm-hmm. was nominated, nobody could honestly say that they would see something like this. We right. would, uh, Some of us would saw, say, okay, it's, it's going to be worse than you think. Right. I think most of us who, who really looked at the man said, you don't know how bad this is going to get. And but Including no, Barack and Hillary. But right, right. But nobody tried to saw, warn us. You warned it, but even they didn't see this. <clears throat> right. You know, well, they, well, nobody saw it. Nobody saw bad. it getting this bad. And I think, but, it's, it's a, but I think it's, it's all, this story is also, it's a perfect example of why we need journalists. And I think real journalists, not Fox, I mean, but, but, but real we don't even call them Fox News, it's just right. Fox. We need real journalists because as keepers, you know, we say news news reporters are the keepers of the the first draft of history, right, right. and I, and we have the responsibility to ensure that every single aspect of this story is told told correctly and accurately and is entered into the record. Right. And I think it's more now more than ever because this can't you can't. Allow something like this to get misrepresented or swept up. I don't know how you sweep us under the rug. It's just too big, but to get misrepresented mm-hmm. and hi- historically. Right. And, and, and that reminds me of a mm-hmm. saying, a, a saying and a meme. First, the journalists were all arrested and we don't know what happened after that. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that's, and now, and I, 
I think it's just also, journalistically speaking, I mentioned Watergate before, and this is more important than Watergate, not just because it's so much bigger mm -hmm. than Watergate, I and mean, Watergate's almost a drop in a pan compared right. to this, but, but also because during Watergate, there were only a relative handful of media outlets, and they were trusted. Right. When people right. watched the Watergate hearings on TV, there weren't many people saying, this isn't really happening. People were mad. People defended Nixon, et cetera, mm -hmm. um, who def defended Spiro Agnew to the end. Right. But you didn't have this huge component of you know one third of the country right. or an entire or the entire Republican Party mm -hmm. saying this this doesn't and, and as bad as Nixon was, he wasn't trying to overturn the democracy. Right. He was just trying to keep himself in office. In office. But he wasn't trying he wasn't trying to destroy America to do so. Exactly. And and, and that's and, and the point I'm making though too is that whatever he was doing People, di people didn't question the journalists. Exactly. When, when Woodward and Bernstein first started reporting it, even a lot of the news organizations, because the New York Times, mm -hmm. were letting them get out on a limb. Right, Because right. they started saying, okay, are you sure? <laughs> Nobody wanted to get get out there. So there was that. That was right. the questioning. But once it broke, right. once it broke, that that was it. There was no, dis no massive disinformation campaign. That's why as so many of the others have co commented it's going to be important for this trial to be t televised. Mm -hmm. You know, and as one MSNBC com guest commented, and others as well, you know, if we could watch the older OJ trial from right. Gavel to Gavel, why in the world can't we watch the most important trial in modern American history? And in, possibly in all, all of, of history, American history. All of American you history. know, this is OJ trial was basically. Well, I won't say it was entertainment because two people were murdered. murdered. Right. But that's how it was marketed. Right, exactly. It was marketed exactly. as, as basically a murder mystery on TV. Right. It did not affect our politics. It didn't affect our foreign policy. It didn't affect any of that. It was right. it was one right. man right. who was accused of murdering two people, right. and that's all it was. Right. And they changed the rules right. for that. Right. Because right. in most criminal trials were televised, but, oh, this is a big criminal right. trial. Right. Same thing that happened for the George Floyd. Right. right. Well, actually, federal... federal uh, courts aren't televised. State courts are. Right. No, right. state courts are. And both of those were state were state trials. Okay. No, I understand. I just know yeah. that that in order to get this trial on, we'll either need an act of Congress, right. or Chief Justice or Chief Justice Roberts. Roberts right. But the point does stand. I think that if right. that if that's getting national coast to coast coverage, this is much more crucial right. to everybody's right. life, right. and also because people, again, because the disinformation aspect. Mm -hmm. You have to put this in people's face, okay? Because as much as everybody now watches their news source of choice, where everybody rather than everybody watching the same, same thing, one right, of the same, same three channels, right? So you're, you're, people are saying, but when it's some, but when you start talking about the pre former president of the United States on trial for all, you know, be convicted, he did in office. Right. Everything else that he's being indicted for, he did when he was out of office. Right. This one is when he first, did, when he was still in office, in right. office, and that's why people will watch. Right. That's right. why right. people will right. watch, right. and that's why it's so critical. We can't just have the drawing. Mm -hmm. of what happened. Right. People need to see because they're going to use it. And Trump, most of all, right. you know, will do everything. If, if there's no TV, right. Right. that's right. going to be misrepresented because nobody's going to watch the, and we look at all these drawings and depend on what other uh, other reputable right. stations. And if they listen to Fox, right. it's all dumb. I, I think this is the one thing where Fox is not broadcast. If it does get broadcast, right. they will go to another channel. Right, right, Because right. they want C, to C, see. C-SPAN will have it. Yeah, C-SPAN will have it. Well, it depends. One of the reasons Fox is so popular, and I say that in quotes, mm. is because they have contracts with everybody. Right. And it's on free basic cable. Right. Um, to get anything else, you have to get a paid cable or some, something mm -hmm. else. So, but it it will be available. To, it'll, it'll be available on a lot of the TV oh, stations. Absolutely, absolutely. All my children will be taken <laughs> off. <laughs> right, exactly. People 
People will will stop what they're doing mm-hmm. to watch exactly. this, exactly. Yeah, you know, and also, and the far right will watch it because this is their guy, right, right, and right. so they want to see even how whatever they take away. But when you see that, and when they see that it is far right wing Republicans who are his, who is his ride or die crew who are still indicting him, right, right, who are on trial saying I couldn't follow him this far. Right. But then once again, what it brings up is. You know, just a few things to take note of is one is what we spoke about before in terms of where are most folks getting their news from. Right. There's so many people saying they're getting the news from Twitter, from Facebook, et cetera. And when and what people need to understand is one thing I've already said, like Twitter doesn't have reporters. Right. Facebook doesn't have reporters and reporters are trained. Right. Just like, and plus Facebook took off news. Several years yeah, ago, right, right. They don't have, they don't have news, have news exactly anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't get it when you start saying some what you saw somebody say on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, right. or whatever. If they're not, a, it's just like a doctor, right, right. If they're not trained, and that's what people don't seem to understand. Anybody who was a microphone, right, and they start listening to what somebody said, that's not news. Exactly, and you can exactly. criticize the angle right. or the, of a story. So when it comes to this case, you cannot adequately follow this story on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You have to follow right. a legitimate news story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anybody who thinks that, who's, who comes back and says, you know, what they heard about the trial on TikTok, they don't know. They don't know. They, they don't have, know what they're talking they about. They have to be able to see it for themselves as it is happening right. in real time. Exactly. And I think mm-hmm. just a few more points, I think it's, it's so important to know that during the biggest story, not only of our lifetimes, but as we said before, in the nation's history, newspapers are being wiped out, right. downsized, and gutted. Right. So if there's any time we needed newspapers, it's now. Right. But now is when they're being wiped out, which which favors you know, Trump and their side. Which asks the question, that posed the question, this is my uh, last thing for now, which is during the, during this time when it's the biggest news story of our of the nation's history, mm-hmm. is it a good time to be a journalist or a bad time right, to be right. a journalist? Because on your, if you're fortunate enough to be at the New York Times or the Washington Post or a big paper, mm-hmm. you can still pretty much go after the big right, story. Right. But so many other papers that are being gutted are now being turned into just clickbait. Right, exactly. And, exactly. Th- and, they're, and they're run by, by people who know nothing about the news and really don't want to. And they, and they are not journalists. Exactly. exactly. And they, they don't even the, look at it in the same way. They, they look at it in dollar size. In dollar size, marketing size campaign, and that's just a, a threat to the whole industry. Right. So, okay, so if you were a journalist this week, how would you have... Covered, and I know that you were an, you're an opinion writer more, and you're not so much an investigative journalist. Right, right. But how would you have covered number one when the indictment was announced on Tuesday? Well, I think when the indictment was announced, there's several angles of looking at that. Number one, where would it be? Where where would it be placed? Right, you know? right. And I think where where it would be placed is it's 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 top a one. I wouldn't I wouldn't be above the fold. Above, yeah, yeah, top one above the fold is not because I notice now even with the t- times now at least online mm-hmm. they have the big story but it's still to the left right. and have lighter stuff on the right because because other people want to read this. No, everything else right. needs to go below that. Right. Everything, not in case you don't want to read about the fact that democracy is about to end. Right. You can read about fl- fl- planting flowers and that's where editors come in and that's what you were talking about mm-hmm. at, at at news organizations, newspapers, and all that they. Let all the editors, the editors go. go, and so and that's an editorial decision. Exactly, exactly what stories are going to run and where they're going to be placed. Right. And I think also in terms of how to cover the story, it also depends on the size of the paper. If you're if you're at the Times, you can send reporters out right. to go right. to the story, right. and, and that's a whole thing. Like I said, I, mean, I wasn't an editor at that level, but but right. it's a basically minute by you know minute by minute when you you know it's best about to break, and then you have somebody on site for when that document is being when that indictment is coming right. down, right. which is what they did. They had somebody waiting so they come down. 
you have somebody to investigate this, you have it broken down under who's going to do the analysis piece, who's going to do the straight reporting piece, who's going to do... And also, though, you would have this decided because you, you've been known right. for weeks. It's just right. like you certain t- very, very, very important people who are sick. You, you better believe some of the high, very high-profile people who are sick, they, their obituaries are already written. Right, exactly. It was the same exactly. thing here. You know this is coming. So the, how it's going to be covered is already right. laid out. Right. Now, in a smaller paper, the, the issue is... Because it's small, you're not obviously you're not going to have somebody from the Ann Arbor News and send them out to D.C. Right. to cover the indictment. You know, cover the cover the indictment. But it's a matter of placement. Right. There. Exactly. You know, and I would say just real quick, I think that, and I always used to always argue for this when smaller papers and and, and local papers was that so often, particularly when it came to opinion or other stuff, I understand why you want to focus on local because right. you want to right. put your mission, your Detroit Free Press, Detroit. Right. But don't seed all the national news to the Washington Post columns. Right, right, and, I right. mean, everything that happened, it's like, well, let's put David Broder in, or let's put somebody else in, and they're always bringing somebody else in. It's like, we have opinions, too. Right, And I think exactly. the same thing with small papers. Like, you can have their, their opinion writers, or their, if they have them still these days, but their, their reporters, their editorial page, where, mm-hmm. however they're handling that, have their own Take on that. Right. Localize it. How does this? How is this going to affect? Because this thing is so big. It's going to you affect know, everybody. Right. The Washington Post can't say how it's going to run in Lafayette. And that's you what know. they were saying on MSNBC about why this needs to be televised. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of law, and I, did, I wasn't paying that close attention to write down the name of the law, but there is a law about the citizen's right to be at the trial. And, and and there's a there's an actual law about that. And the victim's right. That's what it is. Right. Okay. The victim's right. And in this particular case, every American citizen is a victim of these crimes. That's right, because the right to vote was right. the, And right. especially number, the count number four, the right to vote. Mm-hmm. And the right to vote and have your vote counted. Okay. Right. And so that affected everyone in the country. We are all victims here. So that's even more of a reason because you can you can rely on that law. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to and and on August 28th, there's going to be a hearing, and the trial dates are going to be set then. Right. And right. then when the trial date... And they date, were fighting that so hard. I know. They're they still they're going to fight it up until... Yeah. But uh, but when the trial date is set, I expect... the Because the con- Congress won't do it if the House has to vote on it, okay? But I expect what's the Chief Justice Roberts mm-hmm. to make the ruling for these two federal... federal um, that, that, That's all he has yeah. um, jurisdiction over anyway. The Mar-a-Lago one and this one. To televise, to be, to be televised, and, ma- and make make a cutout, make a make a, a special attention yeah. just, just for those they, two. Well, I believe so. I just believe for those so. Two. Mm-hmm. I've heard the people who are some of our favorite journals, you know, mm-hmm. who really question that. I don't question. I well, I I don't know, but I, like you, I strongly believe that in this instance, right? You know, he will do that and because he occasionally things. does the right thing. Yeah, he does. I mean, and mm-hmm. with something like this, you're just talk. You're just talking about. Televised, right? You're not giving your opinion. Your opinion on anything? is like that. It's, uh-huh. it's nothing like you when you what you said on the abortion decision or like that. Right. It's strictly allowing right. this hearing to right. be televised. It's nothing political or anything. This is the first time ever, and it, that part is clear. First time ever, yeah. a president of the United States has been indicted for something that he did against the government while, while he in was office. in office. Right. We've had some doozy presidents, right. but never anything like this. Right. And so it is in the public interest, all of our interests, no matter what our political stripe is, mm-hmm. to have a televised so you can see it. Um, Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. great, great. So that was great <laughs> about journalists. And now a word from our sponsor. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including valuable ebooks, online training, and small group coaching. <clears throat> 
to independent writers and creative and solo professionals. And you can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. Now, you heard from the journalist in the family. Now you're going to hear from the educator in the family. And as many of you know, I'm a retired retired educator of all grades from pre-kindergarten through university level, but primarily middle school and high school levels. But I could never be a teacher today. I would be thrown in jail on day two. And today, public school teachers and public university professors face so many challenges beyond just the challenges of being in the classroom. And navigating the newest teaching regulations is even more daunting today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's getting worse. I'm just going to, before I continue, I'm just going to give one example that just came up today. Many of you know of what's been going on with Florida and with Florida education due to their don't say gay bill and the fact that they feel they have to rewrite history to make it more white centric. And especially how what they said about slavery and all of that. In Florida, the eight, well, remind people of what they said about slavery. Okay, what they said about what they said about slavery was that s- slaves were um, give, were, were, no were able to acquire skills that they could use in later in life. That's why slavery wasn't so bad. Yeah, and and they're teaching this to middle school students. It's ridiculous. To high school students, they're teaching them that the the, the race massacres that happened in Florida, and there were two of them in particular, were also perpetrated by African Americans. That's what I'm talking so about. Like we were at fault. For we were at fault for the race massacres against us. So that's the kind of thing that's going on in Florida. And now the newest thing, now school's going to start in a couple of weeks. And the newest thing is that the AB, AP, Advanced Placement Psych, Psychology courses in, high, in, in the high schools in Florida will no longer be taught. Why? Because for 30 years, the AP uh, psychology courses have included lessons on sexual orientation and gen- gender identity. Now that goes now against the go- don't say gay law that is now from K through 12 in Florida. And so they said that they had they, that they are not allowed to teach anything about sexual orientation or gender identity, although those are very relevant to psychology. Excuse me. But then in June, the, AP, the, the college board, who was over the AP courses, said that they will not allow modified curriculum. You either stick to the curriculum or you don't teach it. And so since Florida does not allow teaching anything about sexual identity or gender, sexual orientation or gender, they're just not going to teach it, period. And 10% of the 287,000 students across America who take AP psychology, 10% of them are in Florida. Now they will not be able to take that. And as you know, anyone who's able to take an AP class already has a high GPA. They depend on, the students depend on these courses not only because they want to learn it, but this is this takes can be uh, used as a college course. Right. So you get college credit, right. which of course gives you a heads up when you get to college, plus saves you money because that's one class you don't have to pay right. for. Not to mention the overall knowledge. And so because they are so anti-gay anything in Florida, they're just not going to, two weeks before school starts, they are not going to have AP psychology for the students in Florida and only in Florida. So those are the kinds of things that teachers are going up against today. And so the interjection of, of these strict rules by Christian nationalists, white supremacists, who insist on only their form of, of whatever they think of is the right one. And anybody who wants to do anything with diversity, inclusion, and equity, no, we're not having any of that. So... That's why I said I could never teach today the way I taught when I started teaching. So it's, it's the spread of micromanagement. They actually want to put cameras in the classroom to watch the teachers all day long. 
How about we put some cameras in some of these parents' homes and watch them all day long, what they do with their kids? Also, the, the teachers and the college professors are facing threats against them professionally and personally. They're threatened with, with their lives. They're threatened with violence. These are just teachers and professionally because if you step one toe outside of what they tell you to do, you could literally lose your license in the state. And in some in some cases, I've heard you know, they will prevent you from having a teaching license anywhere in the country. Okay, because you didn't follow their exact uh, philosophies. Okay, the, and the other thing that's happening here in Michigan and also in Florida, these white, right-wing, white supremacist, Christian nationalist curricula that are being seeped into the public schools. Of course, they don't, they don't treat any American history that doesn't, that's not white-focused as real history. They don't think, t teach, in, they falsely say that America is a Christian country when it is just the opposite. If you really study what the founding, who they were and what they believed, they got their ideas in the 18th century, which was the 1700s, from the 16th, from the 17th century enlightenment, which was in Europe. And that's where they got all their ideas about freedom and all, freedom for white people, of course, mm -hmm. but freedom and everything that's in the constitution and in the declaration of independence, that did not come from the Bible. And they, 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 a lot of them came to America to escape religious persecution. They weren't going to turn this into a theocracy. And so, no, we were not, no, no, America was not based on the Bible and it is not a Christian nation. It's just the opposite. And plus just the term, and I oh, no. you know, wrote, wrote an op-ed about that, that the term Christian nationalism is basically an oxymoron. Right, I mean, exactly. You look, you look at what Christianity is supposed to be about. Right. You know, there's no such thing as a Christian nationalist. Right, I mean, you exactly. Can, that can't even exist. Right, exactly. And it's completely opposite from what Christianity is supposed to be. And if, if anybody was uh, diverse and, and, and inclusive, well, it was Jesus. He wouldn't, That's what everybody said. That's what his detractors said. Wait a minute, you're going to see lepers and women women of, of, of bad repute and everything. He included everybody. Right. And, and these Christians today, they want to exclude everybody. But they, that's what they want taught in the public schools. If you want religion taught in school, then go to a religious school or homeschool your child. You are not allowed to have religion taught in schools as if that was part of the public school curriculum. And they're, and they're forcing this out because this is everyone's tax dollars. Right, right. So this right. is these includes children and families who want nothing to do with that. Who, who, uh, you who don't want anything, anything to do with it with that whole Christian nationalist thing. And then you have schools, like you say, some religious schools who they demand public dollars. Exactly. They want public they dollars. They want public dollars to run their exclusive religious schools. And that's not what America is about. That doesn't mean you can't practice your religion. Nobody ever said that. Nobody even said there can't be prayer in school. You can go in the corner and pray all you want, but you cannot force your, your prayers and your way of religion on everybody else in the public sector. And that's starting to creep in here in southeastern Michigan. Right, and I right, won't go right, further right. than that, but that's but they, right now, you know, Hillsdale College, a Hillsdale, Hillsdale College here in Michigan, here in Michigan right. very well known, is now start, starting to try to set up satellite, uh, satellite uh, uh, curricula, curricula right. Right here in Michigan. And, 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 in, and in Florida and in Texas. And, and I don't know if it's still true, but the Texas school board, in, and back when I was a teacher, was so overwhelmingly influential. The Texas school board is the one who, who recommended books for the entire nation. And I don't know if that's still true, but I do know that when, when you choose books, there are now that's not only the teachers and the educators, but now the school boards are being threatened. If they don't go along with what this narrow minority 
says everything should be. They are literally threatening the lives of school board members. And that is not right. And the school boards are the ones who, of course, make the decisions for the school district. And for example, one, one other, because I, I want to get to a couple other things, one other recent incident, Houston Intermediate School District in Houston, yeah, Texas, that's very important. they have decided in the Houston public schools, they are going to close the libraries. And they are going to make the libraries in the schools discipline centers. So not only does that take away the books and all of that from, that you get from the library and the media center, but that puts the um, focus on bad rather than on good. It's almost something out of the handmaid's there. And that's insane. Exactly. So, and, and me as an educator, even a retired educator, I decided in second grade I wanted to be an English teacher. And my mother was a teacher. And my grandmother was a teacher. So education is in my blood. And as I look and hear about these things, it just brings tears to my eyes. How terrible things have gotten. But the Biden administration is doing some great things. They've only been in office for two and a half years. But there's a couple of things, or a few things that the Biden-Harris administration is doing doing to help improve public education. Okay, the American Rescue Plan, that right when they took office, of course, none of the Republicans voted for it, but it allocated $130 billion in funding for the K-12 schools to help schools and to support them in reopening safely after COVID and address learning loss. Learning loss. Another very important thing, universal preschool. You learn more from age zero to five than you learn the rest of your life. From the age zero to five. From the age zero to five, you because when you're born, you, there's nothing, mm-hmm. okay? So think of everything that a, that a child learns from zero to five. You learn more in those six years than you do the rest of your life. And that's why preschool education is so important. And so President Biden proposed the American Families Plan, Families Plan which includes a significant in, investment in universal preschool. Title, fun, Title I funding increase. Title I funding is a federal program that provides financial assistance to schools with high numbers of students from low-income families. So he's trying to ramp that up. Number four, and this is a biggie, teacher recruitment and retention, okay? Just the things that are, are so hard. No, teaching is hard enough, okay? But adding on all the things that I talked about, it's hard to get people to want to teach, okay, in the first place. And then they're there a year. And they say, I'm not, I, don't, I don't care if I went to school four years or not. This is not what I signed up for. And so not only recruiting them, not only paying them what they are worth, treating them as professionals and trying to retain them. And last but not least, and this is, again, on the other end, community college tuition-free initiative. The first two years of college in a community college where, where, not a, where a lot of people go to get vocational training, a lot of jobs. Back in, I, I said this in my article this week about education. When America first started public school education in the 1840s, if you got an eighth grade education, you were set for life. And then by the 1920s, high school education. And, that, and that's when they really get to high school education. And for decades, if you had a high school education, you were set. You could get almost any job you wanted. But then it got to the fact that now you need a college education to get a lot of the higher level jobs. But you really only need two years after high school to get a, a great deal, training two years after high school to get a training and, and, and most good paying jobs. I'm talking about jobs that pay 50, 60, mm-hmm. 70, $80,000 a year. And so by making two-year colleges free, and then a lot of people, they start with two years and then those two years can be transferred to a four-year college mm-hmm. if you want. That is so, so helpful, not only for the students, but for the economy. So those five initiatives 
will really help. And like I said, this is what the Biden, Biden Harris administration has been working on just in their first two and a half years, both at the beginning of education with universal child preschool and with community, free community college. And of course, the Republicans are going to say, why is my tax money going for that? I'm not going to benefit from it. That's not the point. Yes, you will benefit from it because the whole American economy will benefit from it. And so offering it for free, just like public schools are free, uh, K through 12, now they want to make it free for ages three through two years past high school. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we need to fight for. And this is what people need to remember when, as we're getting ready for the November elections. Mm -hmm. And that's all for this week. You heard from the journalist and from the educator. And a reminder that when you upgrade your tax subscription to a paid level, you really help to support us on a financial level. You will also benef benefit us by visiting our website, team owen 313 gcc.com to see what we can offer you with our valuable products and services. And we'll be back next week. Yep, see you next week.